Welcome to the Healing Place podcast, a space filled with inspirational stories of hope, along with practical advice for your healing journey. Your host is Terry Welbrock, trauma warrior, writer, speaker, blogger, therapy dog handler, and founder of the Sammy's Bundles of Hope Project. As a survivor and a thriver, Terry's mission is to shine the light of hope into the world by interviewing insightful guests from across the globe. Please stay tuned at the end of today's interview as we honor our sponsors. The Healing Place podcast is a fiscally sponsored project of Fractured Atlas. Now, here's your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. Welcome, everybody, to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and I'm very excited to have with me today Nicole Doherty Ananda. Did I say it? You sure did. All right. (laughs) It went out of my head just that quickly. All right. So she is a women's empowerment coach, intuitive shamanic healing arts professional, author, trauma-informed emotional healing healer, and so much more. So welcome. Thank you, Terry. Thanks for having me here. Absolutely. Yeah. And and again, I, I said before we hit record that there's so much that I think you and I could dive into um, as far as the, the light you're shining in the world. Uh, so just let's go into and let you talk about what it is you're doing. Yeah, thank you. I like to tell people that I empower the awakened woman um, because I feel like a lot of women on this planet are really truly awakening to their greatness and I want to help them unleash their passions because for so long our passions were squelched our desires and let them reclaim power sovereignty is a word I use a lot and really it's about for me aligning women to their energy their power and coming into presence with what is their soul's purpose Because I feel like on this planet at this time, we are ascending as a human collective, yet women have a a bigger step to take, let's just say, in that uh, ascension process because we've been hidden in a way and we've been hiding and there's so much depth to that story. But um, it it is a time where women are rising. And I'll say again, because I feel like that started to happen with feminine empowerment really back in the 60s. It's like a a second wave, if you will, of of women really coming into their power. And um, it's it's such an exciting time. And um, yeah, I just, I really, my mission is to assist women in that process so that they can overcome trauma. And I know we, we were speaking just a little briefly about that. Um, I call myself a trauma-informed emotional healer as one that suffered much trauma, as I believe everyone in the world has suffered trauma to varying degrees. And, and I do believe that our trauma is so much less than the power and the light that we actually hold. And so I feel like it's my duty, my responsibility to help women to become bigger than their trauma um, and to understand it because we haven't, we haven't really talked about trauma, you know, since the fifties, I was telling, I was talking to a client about this earlier this morning. It's, it's really a new practice almost 
to, to talk about trauma, to talk about healing. And I know that's probably what you talk about a lot on your show. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, it took me until my 40s to finally put my truth out there. And um, and then when I did, I put it out on social media to all my friends and family. It was like, bah, here it is. <laughs> And they were, you know, so many of them were like, oh my gosh, they're supportive. But others were like, ah, I don't, I don't want to know. La, 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 la. We don't talk about that. And it truly was. I did get some reactions that way. But the cool thing was how many private messaged me, even didn't want to comment on the post, but private messaged me or called me or sent me a text and said, oh my gosh, me too. I've never told anyone I was raped in college. I've never told anyone this happened, this happened, this happened. And yeah, it was, it was really, I mean, it was kind of the me too before the me too. Uh, moment. The me too before the me too. I love that. It's so true, right? <laughs> well, I, we are in a place, I think in our lives, at least in society now, where we can say what we need to say without the physical punishment that I think we all fear, like lineage history with women is like stonings and poisonings and you're a witch and this and that and all the things that cellularly I think we remember. Yeah. And even for me, much like you, I started coming out with my stories much later in life. And it, it really wasn't until my dad died in 2001 that I got the courage to actually talk about the things because I, I felt like he, he would punish me or he would say something like really mean or, you know, whatever the, the story was. And it was like, you know, I always say, you know, this is odd to say, but I felt free when my dad died, even though I love my dad and I've done a lot of healing around my dad, I felt free to actually express myself for the first time in my life. And that was huge, right? So we do do these things, don't we? We suppress our voice and we shut up and we, we do all the things in, in the patriarchal kind of society. Yes, that's so very, very, very true. And um, yeah, you're making me think about my dad. (laughs) He passed in 09. And um, yeah, very interesting. I had received a message from uh, a medium and had said, do you, are you struggling like with dreams at night? And I was like, I don't think so. He said, oh, you know, I think you're, you're, you're having like your dad's trying to talk to you through your dreams every other night. And um, well, here I found out, yes, I was thrashing in my sleep every other night. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I don't think I wanted to hear what my dad had to say because I thought it was going to be critical. I thought it was going to be what I was doing wrong. I thought it was going to be, you know, mean, and I was going to be some horrible message. And how crazy that just, oh my gosh, maybe a month or two ago, someone I hadn't heard from in forever, like our boys played baseball together. She reached out, this mom, and we knew each other through elementary school. And she said, oh my gosh, I've really been like, I don't know if I should tell her. I don't know if you tell her, but your dad came to me and he wanted me to give you this message. And she said, he's so proud of you and the work you're doing in the world but he just keeps crying and crying and crying and saying he's so sorry that he should have helped you more. So it was not the message of like, wow. yeah. And so it was a very, I have goosebumps talking about it. It, it I was just goosebumps too. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, it was a message of not that he was going to criticize me, but that it was, oh my gosh, now I know. I, I mean, wow. now I know. Yeah. Fascinating. I love that story. I actually went to a medium as well 
thinking I needed to talk to my dad. This is about two and a half years ago, right? So it took me a while to get the courage, same thing, to do that. And it was, it was amazing. It was incredible. Also very similar. He said he was sorry for some things that he had done. And then also said he was so grateful and so proud of me and things that I needed to hear, you know? Right. Yeah. I love, I love the mediumships. I think it's such powerful work. Yeah. And it's great that we get to talk about that because nowadays that's actually accepted, isn't it? To go to right. <laughs> yeah. I know. I know. Before it had been like, I, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I still think there's still a little bit of stigma or taboo about it because, you know, this particular person who had contacted me was like, oh, I didn't know how you were going to take it. If you were going to think, you know, oh, she's weird. And I was like, are you kidding? What a gift to have that message given to me. I mean, truly. Oh. Yeah. Well, there, there's so much social programming out there still. I mean, isn't there that we're always right. battling about? I'm too crazy. I'm too much. I'm too woo woo. Someone's going to say this. They're going to reject me for this or criticize me. And I, I deal with it every day, you know, and especially I'm sure that you hear this story all the time doing what you do. It's like we're, we're trying to help women be empowered and we're trying to help them open their voice and support that. Yet those stories and the narratives are so deeply rooted and embedded in our neurological system. Yeah. It's so hard to overcome those those traumas. Um, and I, you know, as as a trauma informed emotional healer, we talked about that earlier. Um, that's that's the work that I've been doing with women is is really going back into childhood history and uprooting those stories because they can affect us as long as we live until we actually face those demons, so to speak, right? And um, it's really interesting to see how they weave in, in our lives in different ways. You know, it's like every initiation we have, whether it's we start to make more money in our business or we start a podcast or we go out there, or we go to social media, or we're trying to make a bigger presence. They always come up, don't they? Those stories like, whoop, should I do this? Whoop, should I? And it's, it's hard to learn how to trust ourselves and to trust our center and, and to really trust the energy that we hold. And um, yeah, it's just amazing to me. The, the power of the mind, but also that we can actually transform, change, and heal at any time in our lives, right? We have that capacity and that ability. Yeah. That's the good news, right? <laughs> right, exactly. And I loved that. I love that visual you just put in my head when you said uprooting, because I had seen something on LinkedIn recently, and it was uh, somebody had put out something about, and it was talking about children. And when you see these external behaviors, and it was a weed you know, the external oh, yeah. behaviors of how a child's behaving. But if you look down it to the roots, it's usually, you know, some sort of abuse or they're tired because, you know, they're, they're not sleeping well, or it's because maybe there's neglect going on, or maybe they're hungry because they're, they're having uh, food insecurities. And so um, when you, yes, yeah, so it's almost like I had that vision of you pulling, pulling it out, looking at those roots and saying, where is all this coming from? I love that. Yeah. I, I love that you saw it as a weed <laughs> because it is true. And I often uh, place a picture in my own mind of a tree and rings. And this is kind of a yoga philosophy. I, I've been a yoga teacher training for 13 years. But one of the things that I see is this tree trunk and this ring. And this is from 
it's called the koshas. It's these layers that we have that the yogic traditions and philosophies teach, which is that you have the, the outer, the bark, which is the physical body. And then the inner ring one step deeper is the energetic body. And then the ring even deeper than that would be emotional body. And then even deeper than that would be the mind and there's layers in between that are like subconscious mind and higher mind but in the middle is the causal body or the soul and so anything that's dis-ease disease is when we're disconnected to our soul and then everything ripples out from there so that's that's actually the, the same way you know of, of speaking about this is when there's a disconnection to our soul's purpose, our mission, who we know we really are truly, then all of these little ripples start to happen. These rings go out and it impacts eventually our physical body. So what's interesting in that, as I, as I came into those teachings as a Westerner, you know, coming into Eastern philosophy, was how come Eastern philosophy speaks this way and Western philosophy speaks the other way, which is, everything's the pain on the outer body and we don't really know how to travel in um, and they're traveling in and then traveling out. Right. <laughs> it's like, how do we bridge the two, you know? And that became really my life's path is, is trying to understand how to bridge Western and Eastern philosophy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I am so going to use that in my head from now on. I mean, what a great visual of the tree and thinking about it that way. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Very and, cool. You know, we, we were saying earlier about, um, we, we had a little chat before this, right? You're right. Um, but we were talking about um, therapy. And I, and I always found this interesting because I have a lot of therapy clients. I mean, therapists as clients. And they told me, they always tell me, how, how do you know how to do this stuff? You know, how do you know how to do this stuff? Because when we are giving therapy, you know, it's a talking model. It's very much based on the Western, I think, yeah. model, medical model. And there is quite a bit of talking, which is well and good. I mean, that's great. We need to do that to process things. But there wasn't the other stuff, which is, for my background in history, comes from yoga, which was more about understanding the energetics of someone's body. And I think that leads to like food and some of the things that you were talking about behaviors right what and also what emotions are trapped in the body and then what are the childhood traumas and memories that we hold on to and and how that's trapped within the body as well so i always thought like you know there's there's so much more depth to us as a human being there's so many layers the sheaths the koshas i was talking about earlier to the human so we kind of have to address this holistic human again. You know, that's what alternative therapies I feel like are very strong with is treating those root causes, like you were saying, the, the roots under the weeds versus just going to that to that outer layer um, and, and addressing that. So, yeah, it's really interesting, you know, and I, I feel like there's a lot of quantum science is, is starting to match up yeah. with the kind of bridging, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And I just think it's fascinating. And I, I again, I just, I, I, I sit there and say, oh my gosh, I so, I so relate to this because I had had something, uh, 
gotten a test result back and it was my kidneys were having some issues. And now other than, other than that, I'm knock on wood, you know, my cholesterol is good. My blood pressure is good. Everything's good for 55, which is awesome. So, um, but my ankle, my interior right ankle has been just killing me forever. And I thought it was plantar fasciitis. So I got new shoes and new inserts and blah, blah, blah. And still was having some issues Was just swelling only on the right interior ankle. And I didn't have an injury. So I, I, someone finally, a podcast guest finally said, you know, you need to go have acupuncture done, go do acupuncture. And so I was like, oh my gosh, all right, I'll go do it. So I go do it. And she, you know, is working on that particular area along with some anxiety yeah. pressure points. And um, when I tell her the story, she says, well, that's fascinating because I just put, you know, the needles in kidney three and kidney six, which is in your interior right ankle. Oh, and I was like, God. oh my gosh, that's crazy. And then I did some tapping work with another professional. And what came up was like kidney water related trauma from my childhood. And it was, it was, and she was like, now this is probably more along the kidney. Like she was doing intuitive type of stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh. So it is, it's all this energy. Oh and yeah. So that's an amazing story. I was going to say, did you go to acupuncture? <laughs> I go to an acupuncturist too, and it, it's incredible. You know, yeah, I, had, yeah. I had a shoulder injury, but she she did all this work up there. And then I was like, well, actually the shoulder and the arm is connected to the heart. And it's probably connected to my fifth chakra. I think of everything in terms of chakras. That's just yeah. who I am. All subtle body stuff, and then I'm looking it up. Oh, I must be holding on. Oh, it means I'm I don't feel supported, and I'm carrying all these burdens. I'm like, yes, you know, thanks, Louise Hay, for your book. You know, um, there's so many things. It's yeah. it's actually quite amazing, and and really, in the end, I, I'm sure you think this way too. Is how do we give people their power back? Right, right, because we have a system that has kind of, it's failed us. Let's just be honest. The, the system has been failing most people on the medical system, I feel like. And we want to empower people to understand that they can do so much for themselves through the power of their own voice, their own actions, their own healing. And that's not to say, don't go to, don't go anywhere outside of yourself. Cause sometimes you need support or sometimes you can't see it, right? Like it's a shadowy energy that you're not seeing, but to take control back of our own health. Because, um, you know, I know for me, like it, sometimes it'll, it'll take weeks to get in touch with a doctor. Yeah. And right. And by the time I finish doing my own work, the thing's gone. I don't even <laughs> right. I don't need the doctor anymore. And I'm sorry. I mean, I know doctors are great. I'm not saying doctors aren't great. Let's caveat that. Great. Like, you know, injuries and, and all sorts of things. We're, we're so grateful for the medical system. And there's so much that we can learn uh, about alternative healing and alternative wellness as well. Yes. Oh, I love it. So now you, you do coaching work with women. Yes. I do coaching work with women. I, I combine coaching with healing work. So essentially I'm an intuitive healer and I've been doing that work for well over a decade and was a yoga teacher trainer. And I, I found that in yoga, so many things were happening emotionally to my clients and my students that I needed more skill sets. I needed more tools. So I went into the realms of energy work and I became Reiki certified. I was doing Reiki healings for a long time. 
And then I found even in Reiki and yoga, the physical and the energetic, that more emotional stuff was coming up and more. And then I became really interested in shadow work and in really in, almost like in, in the therapy model. You know, I was really trying to understand like Jungian psychology and all sorts of different psychologies, which I know you practice psychology too, and putting them all together. So that's actually when I became a coach. And I became a coach versus a therapist um, because I felt like I had more wiggle room to do a lot more of the things that I wanted to do. And I wouldn't be bound by certain maybe rules, um, just knowing a lot of therapists that I was friends with. And so I decided to do coaching, which felt more um, em like empowerment based, really asking people how they felt, what they what they knew, how they could how they could do the work. I wanted them to be able to do their inner work and me be the support and me be the guide and me be the mentor. But for them to come to conclusions on their own to feel empowered so they wouldn't have to sit on my couch for years and years, but to really give them tools, processes, meditations, some of the things that maybe other people can't give, um, drum journeys. Like I, I studied yeah. shamanism for 10 years. I give people drum journeys, cave processes, inner child, adult integration processes, like a lot of guided imagery a lot of hypnotherapeutic techniques. And so as a coach, I'm able to actually combine them all in the way that felt really resonant with me, which was to work through the chakra system. Um, so I, I take people through the energetics and the chakra system as a blueprint, as, as really a, a programming of your whole inner childhood. Uh, to me, it's like, it's so obvious. And, and I know to some, they'd be like, wow, what are you talking about? Um, but when you really dive deep into the chakra system and you understand what it is, most of our childhood wounding trauma and stories lie and reside within those chakras. And we create these programs that just keep running until one day we kind of go back through the recording and we see, you know, what wasn't working, what was working. And, and we start to tune it, fine tune it so that we're fully in alignment. Um, energetically, emotionally, physically, mentally with our soul, our soul's purpose or our mission. So it, it, it just kind of came to me that way. But it took, I mean, it took a very long time to actually <laughs> come to that. But it did eventually come. And uh, so I call that my baby. That's It's called Unleash the Priestess. It's a, it's a course and a one-on-one -on -one coaching that I take people through to understand themselves, you know, to realize who they are. <laughs> yeah. And it, you just do such a beautiful job of painting that picture because I, I can see women going through that transition. And, um, and, and what came to me was, I think we all know, well, I know we all know on a soul level, what our soul purpose is. Um, yeah. And so many people say, I don't, I don't have one. I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I haven't figured out what I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> and so, um, but what you're doing then is just really kind of helping them clear away the stuff. I mean, really the stuff that's getting into the I way I'm going to of, that my next tagline. Just clear away the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. What it boils down to, it is that, right? It's just, a lot of the other things are fancy words. <laughs> right, right. It is to clear away what's blocking us. Right. And that's uh, multidimensional, right? So 
one woman may go through it and be like, oh my God, it was the affirmations and the journaling and the meditation. And I'll be like, great. Another woman would be like, ah, oh, I could care less about the meditations, but the embodiment activities were the one. I'm like, great, you know. So I, I just try to meet people where they are. Yeah. Everybody's going to be different and they're all going to like different things. So I try to give them a lot of different tools that approach the five senses. So I'm always like, you know, some people are auditory learners, some people are visual, some people get the kinesthetic, they want to do like the physical movement stuff. And you, you just don't know. Um, but but it does take them through this journey that that helps them address really just who they are. Like you said, I, I believe also that everybody has that in literally encoded within their DNA. Like you always have a purpose. There's a total reason why you're here. But it's all the external noise and old, I call them programs just because that's the way I think of it. It's like we're computers and we're just taking this information. Other people told you what you can't do, what you're not doing. This is wrong. That's not, you know, and we believe it all. Yeah. And then one day we go, how come I'm not happy? How come I don't feel right? How come I keep butting up against all these obstacles or like my life feels really resistant? And that's when it's like, oh, I'm not being me, you know, and what is that? And and that can feel really overwhelming um, for some women, you know, so to have the space and the time to really dive in and a safe space, um, safety is everything, as I always say, it's like safety is everything, feel safe. And then they, then they give themselves that time for self-love, self-care, right? Radical compassion. All yeah. I love it. Well, and again, I, I talk about often building this toolbox in, in the, the fact that you give them these tools, because it really is true how one thing, well, even for myself, one thing can work one day and not work the next. And so, but I have this huge toolbox that I, that I can dive into and pull something out and be like, aha, this is the thing today. <laughs> yeah. And that's what makes you so intuitive, right? Yeah. And that that is the brilliance of intuitive healing is the toolbox. I totally agree with that because you just never know until you step in right into the session, what's going to work the best. Right. Just like you said. Yeah. Right. I, and I think another thing that popped in my head was God, angels, the universe, I call them angel whispers are always, always I think redirecting us, we're getting the signs, we're getting, and, and when we start to do the healing work, it's amazing how we open up to those signs. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now I get it. Now I see, now I remember. Yeah. Oh my God, totally. Yeah, I was talking to a woman this morning and she was, we were talking about that, about the the internal whispering and the and really deep listening. When we get to those places where we can take the time to actually listen, we are getting messages all the time. We're, we're choosing not to hear it. <laughs> like, why do I keep doing the same thing with the same result? Oh, that's crazy, right? But if we listen, if we really truly listen, I'll sit sometimes in meditation. And Terry, I'd love to hear what your process is. But this is a, this is for for getting clients. And some women are like, really? That's how you get clients? I said, yeah. So I'll sit in meditation and I'll say, this is my why. This is my mission. I'm here to empower women to unleash their passion, power, and purpose. And God, angels, whomever's listening and working with me, my team, help me with the next best action 
in order to be magnetized to my ideal client or to the women I'm here to serve. I literally will say that and then I'll just sit and I'll wait. And some days it's just crickets. I'm like, oh, maybe that means I'm supposed to work on myself. Some days I get really direct things like, oh, like this morning I got contact Noelle and ask her for a testimonial. I was like, oh, Noelle, why didn't I think of that before? Because Noelle is a regular client of mine trying to build like my presence on Google because I moved two years ago and I didn't have my business up on Google. So I was like, oh, that's so that's so silly. I never would have thought of that in my little mind, but my higher mind's like, hello, <laughs> call yeah. Noelle. So, and that, and she can give me that testimonial and that might lead to a client, right? So I get messages like that all the time and she was just here, right? So we do get them. Yeah. I'm curious, does that happen to you? Like what's what's your I do, I totally do. And mine is more hold on, I'm pulling my little card up. So mine is more affirmations. And um so I'm trying to again reach a broader audience. Like my goal is to reach a million people with stories of hope and healing. And somebody once said to me, well, that's a little goal. I mean, that's your tiny goal. What's your big one? And I was like, oh, I love it. So I just have little cards. And so like this one says abundance with a heart because I find hearts everywhere. But, and so I have it where I can see it, but it's, it's abundance of of people tuning in if it's abundance yes of growth of my audience it's abundance of um you know sponsors coming on it's abundance of joy in my life it's abundance of peace in my life and i mean there's just so much to it that's why that's one word but then i have a whole sentence that i read every day and it says i am inspiring millions of people around the world with my story of hope through the podcast newsletter books summits, speaking gigs, writing, and more. I'm financially free due to my online business I have created, and I'm living my dream life on Hilton Head Island. Yeah. I, I read that. I love it. And, and I'm living on Hilton Head Island. We moved here nine months ago. So. Oh, my God. I love you. Well, now it's time to make a new card. <laughs> no, that's so funny because I said to myself, oh, my gosh, when I edit this, I'm going to have to write down what she said because I love that meditation so much. So. <laughs> Well, it's so funny because as you're reading it, I'm like, this is, I have, I'm just going to peel it off my wall. I put mine on post-it notes like this. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so we're, we're doing the same things, right? Yeah. And these are great mnemonics, aren't they? To remind us of what we're doing. Right, right. Yeah. So that's just that, you know, positive affirmations and, um, I don't know, again, just uh, that I get so fired up about the soul work that it doesn't feel like work because um, it's just such a, there's just so many soul connections that happen. Like you and I have never met before today, but yet I feel this connection with you and um, like a a friendship, a friendship has blossomed. Oh, Um, yes, Terry. I love it. That's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, and when I, when I heard you say that, and that's, that's what I'm always looking for too with clients is like, they could say a phrase, right? Like, or they can say it the way that you said it, which was like a full body energetic (laughs) explosion, right? (laughs) Which means you really connect to it and you really believe it, right? And so a lot of that is about feeling and, and we are such a culture of mental habit, right? Like, 
this is my to-do list. This is my checklist. This is my, that. but none of it's connected to the heart often. So getting people down, right? Terry, it's like getting them into their heart, getting them into their feelings, getting them into their emotions. We've forgotten, right? I love that phrase. Um, what is it? The longest road you'll ever travel is from oh, your heart. Yes. So true, right? Yeah. So getting people to be in their bodies, embodied in their body, in their emotions, in their feelings. Right? Yeah. I'm like really feeling that. Yes, that you just gave us. It was so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. I actually scare my family sometimes because we'll be in the car or whatever and I'll be in the passenger seat and all of a sudden they'll be like, oh, and everybody jumps like, what? And I'm like, look at the sunset. It's so <laughs> because I, I just get so excited by it. <laughs> yeah, you're in your joy. I love that. It's so sweet. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, again, I told you we could go on for hours because I was so excited about you know, all the work you're doing. <laughs> So how do how do people find you? How do they get a hold of you? Uh, they can find me on my website. I have a brand new website. I'm super excited about it. It's Nicole Ananda. And Ananda means bliss, by the way. So oh. put that out there. That's a Sanskrit name for bliss. Ananda is the like enlightenment. So I changed my last name to that so that I could remember my bliss. So anyway. Beautiful. But a little side note. Nicole Ananda Coaching dot com and i have free resources on there i have different ceremonial practices just things that people can download that are free just to get a taste of the kinds of work that i do and yeah that's how they can wonderful get all right well any last words that you'd like to share anything we didn't touch upon that you wanted to to talk about hmm. i don't think so i've just had such a pleasure talking to you and getting to know you and being on the show i'm honored really truly and uh i'll just say follow your bliss right learn to follow your bliss follow your yes bliss. absolutely well it's just been a joy to have you on here and thank you for your beautiful light you're shining into the world and helping guide and empower women um that's awesome so thank you thank you thank you terry all right well everyone thank you for joining us today on the healing place podcast and remember until next time be gentle with yourself thanks bye-bye Thank you so much for listening today to the Healing Place podcast with your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about Terry, her mission, and the Hope for Healing journey, visit Terry's website at www.terrywellbrock.com. Thank you for liking, commenting, sharing, and offering your reviews on our YouTube channel, audio outlets, and Facebook page. And as Terry reminds us, until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself.